When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to What? That old queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please at your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. Hey Tommy. Hi there. You I'm look not dressed up and nowhere to go. <laughs> you look beautiful. Yeah, you know, you've got your shoulder pads on. You look like Crystal Carrington. Even my real, real shoulders. <laughs> I am wearing flies, but these are my real shoulders. Uh, are they? Yeah. Mm, okay. I'm not sure I believe you, but <laughs> I think there's a little bit of padding in there. No, nothing. It's just a silk blouse. Mm. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> that was, that was um, we're reading about Joan Crawford, and she and she has a line about um, shoulder pads and saying those were my real, real shoulders. I mean. She was pretty square-shouldered if they were her real shoulders. Yeah, I mean... She I had think shoulders she... for days. <laughs> <laughs> bit she like said, you. Yeah. I think maybe it's a good angle. It's something very interesting about the way that you can present yourself, and I'm doing a bit more research into this, is, you know, you can, you can get a very good angle on yourself, and you also can get a very bad angle. I'm doing a lot of... When I come out of a Zoom call, there's that point where you have to leave the meeting and then you have to go onto another button and leave the meeting there. And you can actually, if you're not concentrating, you can pull a very nasty expression. <laughs> I always make sure I'm putting a hospitable, smiley, I'm leaving the room face yeah. rather than I'm glad I'm out of that one. <laughs> I think mine's always I'm glad about I'm out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, been on, I've literally been on Zoom since about nine o'clock this morning. Oh. I've had a lunch break and I had a mini 
like break where I had to just lie down for half an hour. But the, I'm on Zoom all the time at the moment. This is how we live our lives these days. It's crazy. But, you know, lockdown is easing. So it'll be interesting to say. I mean, this comes out a week later. Yeah. Uh, so the people will already know the blueprint for com- the UK coming out of lockdown by now. Uh, so we can see what we can do. We might even be able to do uh, a socially distant snack out of it. Who knows? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, we could I'm, do a picnic version of the show. I haven't eaten since the last physical snack out of it. <laughs> I'll get some supplies in. <laughs> anyway, we've got a guest coming up. We've got Matt Kai Burmaster uh, talking to us uh, from New York. Who, Such a brilliant name. I know, right? And uh, he's a Canadian, but he lives in New York. Uh, he's a queer actor and also runs a new platform for people to put creative content up called Fearless. So it'll be interesting talking to him. We've got all our usual features. Um, what That Really Old Queen. Uh, who have we got for What That Really Old Queen this week? Well, we're doing Rock Hudson this week because both of us have been watching um, the, the Hollywood, Ryan, um, what's his name? Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. yeah, so we can get our teeth into that. But I've got, we're late to go live on Instagram with Kink My Bluff, so should we do that now? Let's do that now. I'll get my phone. Hi. Hey, Hi, Tom. can you hear me? Yeah, hey, Tommy, how you doing? Good, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think anyone's watching this. Jane Monroe oh yes hello (laughs) Uh, I think people have been waiting for like 10 minutes to play uh, Kink My Bluff Uh, but are you ready to you ready to play Uh, yes I've clearly got one for you but yeah you've got you can do me I've got I've got three I've got three all right then so let's play uh, Kink My Bluff Wow. Um, thank you for joining us on Facebook Live, all of the two people that are there. Um, <laughs> we're going to play <laughs> kink, kink My Bluff. I'll kick it off because I've got loads for you, Tommy. So you, you can do, we can sandwich oh, yours in the middle. I like being in the middle. <laughs> it's the best place to be. So the first word I have for you is sacofricosis. Sacofricosis. With an S to Sierra. Um, S at the beginning, and then an F, F in the middle. Or- S for Sierra, A, C, O, F for Freddy, R, I, C, O, S, I, S. Sacofricosis. So this is the practice of cutting a hole in the bottom of the front pocket so you can masturbate with your cock, usually in public places. So playing pocket billiards, by the sounds of it. Or... Is it the condition where the bags under your eyes are permanent and don't go down? Well, I've got that one. Sacco. I've got both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, is it a trick question? Could they both be right? I don't know. I do know that a good treatment for eye bags is uh, to use a hemorrhoid cream. Yes. Uh, I think we've spoken about that before. Um, um although i think that's dubious i think it needs to be a certain 
I think it needs to be the right kind of hemorrhoid cream. But yeah, what is sacrophrocosis? I think it's... What was the second one again, sorry? The second one... <laughs> the first one is pocket billiards. I don't think it's... I don't think it's... I don't think it's... I don't think it's playing with yourself with a hole in your jeans. Okay. I can reveal it is... Uh, it was actually a kink. So it is playing with yourself in pocket periods. Oh. Yeah, you got it wrong, unfortunately. Sorry, Tommy. I, I wouldn't have thought that was a kink. I would just think that was, like, good planning. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is good planning to cut a hole in your pocket. <laughs> Not if you lose your keys, though, uh, in the process. Uh, should we do your one? Okay. So, um, no, actually not, because I haven't thought of... Okay, shall I do another one? <laughs> you do one and I'll... You, yeah. Okay. Essayers. Essayers. Okay. So let me take you back to 18th century Paris and a Parisian brothel and an essayer or essayers were men, usually undercover, whose services were retained to fondle the prostitutes and engage in overt sexual behaviour in front of the clientele or more timid clients as so to encourage them to engage in that behaviour as well. So to encourage them to hire the said prostitutes. Or essayers, is it someone who gets sexually aroused over writing or reading essays? What do you think? Kink or bluff? I think it's the kind of the first one, the um, arouser. It's a, a bit like a fluffer. But I do, a fluffer in a brothel. Yeah. It is a kink. You're right. I did have an issue with um, an erection in an exam situation once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, maybe that could be uh, an essay. But uh, it, that's not what it's called. So I just made that up. <laughs> I just, it, yeah, it was just an, an interesting aside. Yeah, sure. What have you got for me then? Um, so I've got this word, um, aglamonophilia. Aglam Aglamonophilia. Okay. A G A L M affilia. Okay. Um. So, is it someone who collects vintage teapots? in different novelty shapes. Right. Or is it a person that is sexually aroused by statues? Oh, sorry, what was the first one again? Um, someone that collects vintage teapot, or, or is it aroused by statues? And what's the name of the word again? Aglamonophilia. Aglamonophilia. Ooh. I think you're turned on by statues. It's correct, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was very ill-prepared for that one, so I just looked at my table and I took a teapot and I thought, I'll do that. <laughs> I want... There's well, someone else that thought... Yes. Uh, licked it so much. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry, it's not. It's a kink. Okay, um, final one. You really need to get those printed in the other way round. I know. I was going to try and get that done today, but I just literally ran out of time. <laughs> I, I mean, who knew I'd run out of time yeah, well, like, in lockdown? I know. <laughs> okay. So my final word for you is ninon. So I'm going to take you back to that. Not ninon. 
Not Klingon, Ninon, N-I-N-O-N, or Ninon. Um, so I'm going to take you back to that Parisian brothel. Please do. <laughs> well, I feel it's your natural abode for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> and they would uh, have lavish decor, a bit like your flat, mm. uh, and all sorts of fabrics. And one of the fabrics was called Ninon. So it's a type of fabric. Or... Is it the name given to a dummy used in the fetish where people like to dress, act, and behave like babies? So is it fabric or babies? I think fabric. You think it's fabric? I can reveal yeah. to you. Uh, yeah, it was a bluff. So, yes, <laughs> it's fabric. You're right. I can't be bothered to hold those up anymore. They're backwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh babies mm. mike pony oh hi mike pony you've just missed it you'll have to um you'll have to listen on the rerun sorry babes okay well that's the end of of kink my bluff join us next week when we go live this recording will be in our podcast a week on sunday and um have have a listen back and see if you can if you've joined us late and see if you can get whether it is a kink <laughs> Or a bluff. Uh, we'll see you next time. Would you say? I've never heard your bluffing before. No, I know it's. I've never heard the bluff theme tune before. It's new. I, I just I just I just farted it this afternoon. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next time. <laughs> That's what you do as a sound artist. Exactly, it's all the foley I do. I just make most of it out of my ass. Um, okay, <laughs> we'll see you next time for Kink My Bluff. What have you been up to this week, Tommy? Um, this week, I've been actually really busy. I've been rehearsing a couple of shows in my flat on Zoom and watching a lot of the new Netflix drama, Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, I've definitely been getting my teeth into that. What did you think? Yeah. I thought it started off quite well and then maybe lost its way a little bit towards the end. I mean, I feel the same way, really. Like, what feels really strong for me is the fact that all of the older characters are amazing mm. and yet the young ones I just haven't got any interest in at all and it just feels like it just became too much of a kind of vehicle to say like what would have happened if like Hollywood have had a chance to have actually kind of embraced inclusion and diversity and became less of a interesting story really but having said that the characters that are played by holland taylor who's just beautiful like i think she's the most beautiful woman yeah and patty lepon is that her, how you say her name patty lepon yeah i think so um i think she's just brilliant in that and i've been listening to a couple of her interviews um quite an interesting character yeah i mean i love the queerness of it and i love the different take on you know, what if Hollywood had done this back then? But I don't think it took it far enough in many respects. I would have liked to have seen how the world might have changed because of it. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of fizzled out on that. 
But as you say, the older characters were so interesting and I loved uh, being taken to Dreamland on mm-hmm. at, at the garage. <laughs> that concept was great. I think what Ryan Murphy usually does is like really complex layering of characters and the characters are so vivid and so real mm. and all of those young characters just feel so insapid the older ones are great uh, and yeah. I, I think they could have just flipped it and we could have just those young characters just could have been like just a slight peppering because we don't what we i wasn't interested in them no um they were just a bit of fluff really weren't they a bit yeah. like me on this podcast um but rock hudson uh, <laughs> was rock hudson was you know one of those characters wasn't he um, yeah, so they so uh, he, he is present within that story. I mean, obviously, quite very different to how he was in real life because he wants to be seen as an outwardly gay man, which Rock Hudson um, totally never didn't. was. Which kind of leads me into the next feature: what that really old queen? Yeah. So I've chosen Rock Hudson. Yeah. Well, great. And Rock Hudson, well, Rock Hudson was. For me, I don't know how you felt about him, Bernie, but I always was very, I was never very interested in him. He was always so sort of bland as an actor and kind of, I just really never really got on with him. I thought he was like the, he's like the poor man's Cary Grant, really, because Cary Grant is so much more enigmatic and has a lot of more depth to himself and the characters that he plays. Yes. Um, whereas, yeah, I think uh, Rock Hudson was kind of it was it was all a bit veneer and I, slightly unbelievable as well. And maybe that's because he was closeted. I don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't well, really I think get that it. comes through. And when I've read up about his life, really, so he was born Roy Fitzgerald and started life as a little bit of a drifter, like his parents were divorced, and I think he lived for a short time with his mother, and then moved. Um, in with his father who owned a vacuum business and he became a salesperson mm. but apparently he did really badly as a salesperson by you know going round to these housewives um, and showing the vacuum cleaner but the final word that he'd say when he left the house was you really don't want to buy these um, <laughs> that's so a good salesman <laughs> yeah he wasn't really very good at that um so you know his father eventually kind of kicked him out of that business and he was he like it seemed like that hollywood show was reflected that part of him that he was one of those actors that did stand outside the hollywood gates waiting to be picked um and then was eventually picked and was sort of connected with a few of those very kind of handsome man like do you remember tab hunter i know the name i can't picture that well tab hunter is brilliant because he ended up doing that film with divine where he's actually married to divine you know as obviously as a much older man and and also gay as well and in that situation when he was discovered and they started working with an agent and that part of the hollywood show is true they did change his name so he became rock which was a bird of prey and and hudson named after the hudson river and they moved him into um accommodation with three men so that they could all go out together so three men together would actually look much more um, 
they could go out in they could go out all incognito together and nobody wouldn't kind of cause any suspicion i suppose right because he kept most of his life and his gay experiences very closeted from from the world in 1950s when he sort of became successful he ended up doing a lot of uh, romantic comedies with doris day yes i remember remember a lot of those take back your mink and uh don't eat the daisies or something that kind of stuff and he apparently he was um he was quite reluctant to do those parts because he thought that they were too risque like pillow talk oh yeah 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 with the party phone and everything yeah yeah and there's this interview that i watched Doris Day saying she's a great kisser. But he, he was like a terrible actor, really. <laughs> I think in the early years, like he was very kind of wooden and stiff. Yeah, maybe it's a still waters run deep kind of performance that he's giving. What's the film he's in with James Dean? Giant, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one that he won an Oscar for or something. Um, I think that's probably his best role. Yeah. He's probably, but then he's playing against really good actors. I mean, when you're playing against someone like James Dean, who's just electric as an actor, mm. you know, it, yeah. can't, it can't help but make you up your game, really. Yeah. Matt Kai, how do you say your, your surname? You, you said it right. But Burmeister. Burmeister? Oh, yes, Burmeister, yes. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you meant my first name. <laughs> People often mispronounce it, but you pronounce it perfectly. Oh, thank you. So uh, we, you've just joined us in the room. We're talking about Rock Hudson in our section what that really old queen uh off the back of talking about hollywood do you know anything about rock hudson you're probably too young aren't you i i only only know the netflix series that's that's all i know because i've I've, i did watch that but i I don't know the actual guy now yeah well it's interesting because there are loads of elements um in the hollywood show that are true to what rock hudson was like as a person really apart from the fact that he really was interested in or wanted to be outwardly gay and present himself like that. Yeah, I mean, do we know that he wanted to do that in real life or not? I mean, maybe he did, but, I mean, who knows? He was really closeted for the whole of his life. Like, he really wanted it to be a secret. Well, it was, I mean, it was the 50s. And I think that... I mean, Sorry. it was the fifties, wasn't it? So, I mean, everybody was closeted. It was not de rigueur to be out. It was it, yeah, against the I'm, law in this country. No, but I'm, yeah, of course. But I'm talking about like now further on, you know, we, when we're moving into the sixties, seventies, eighties, he was still very closeted. Right. He would not, he would not answer that question. And the reason why he became, you know, significant within gay history Mm. is because he developed HIV and AIDS and he was quite reluctant to actually talk about that so it feels a little bit accidental really that he's this kind of hero of that in Mm. a a way he developed that illness at a significant point in and it was at a point where there was no treatment available and you know gay people were completely vilified nobody wanted to touch them um he got a part in dynasty yeah playing against linda evans who you commented earlier that i look like tonight bernie which i'm very complimented by and was so paranoid because he knew that he was positive at that point that he didn't want to kiss her in the scene right and like kissed her sort of 
the side of her cheek or something. Well, yeah, I mean, but but that's the thing, isn't it? Back then, they didn't know. There was all sorts of myths about HIV and AIDS back then. You know, like you could get it if someone spat on you or things like that, which is obviously utterly ridiculous mm-hmm. now. And the stigma was just he, huge, he wasn't it? In a White House, but he attended a White House event with a kind of legion visibly on his neck. Um, and you know what the Reagans were like with the with the um, yeah with, with being so anti-gay. Well, both in America and the UK. I mean, we had Thatcher over here, and yeah, but Thatcher was Thatcher actually was a little bit better because she mm. did actually want to, she did actually talk about it. Yeah, I mean. They were, the Reagans just wanted to ignore it. Deny, deny, deny. Yeah, um, a bit, like, a bit, a bit like another American president with a pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Matt Kai, what do you think about actors being closeted or out as a queer actor yourself? Well, um, I think that when you're in the public eye, you kind of have to share a little bit more about your personal life than than the average person. Um, yeah. I think it's for the most part, kind of detrimental if, if, if you're not going to be open about some key elements of your personal life. Not that you have to share everything, but, you know, an actor in particular, you know, an, a music artist, you know, they, they share their personal life through their songs, et cetera, you know? So mm. when you're in the public eye, yeah, I, I think to some degree you have a little bit of a duty, but I understand it's everyone's personal decisions, so it's, it can be tough. Yeah, and I think that whole that series Hollywood really kind of exposed that whole system of which still goes on today. You know, there's still plenty of gay actors which aren't out in Hollywood with lavender marriages, etc. Tom Cruise. I mean, allegedly. Oh uh, yeah, well I get sued for saying that. <laughs> I never even heard about that. <laughs> Have you not? <laughs> no. Never, never once. I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> maybe we just don't say that here in Canada. I don't know. Uh, maybe are you, you don't. Are you joking or are you? No, I'm serious. Really? Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's interesting. I'm sure somebody has said it, but maybe I just wasn't in the room when it was said. What, but, do, uh, what do people? I haven't heard it myself. What's people's perception of Tom Cruise? Like, like what do they? What do they think floats his boat? Do they think he's a strange character? I don't think so. Really? Huh. That's interesting how like viewpoints may be different in different parts of the world. Yeah. I think people consider him like kind of a, a, a hunk leading actor kind of guy. And I don't think they have any uh, negative thoughts about him. I don't know. No, I think he the image that he has in the UK is a little bit strange with all the Scientology as well, that kind of thing. And Oh, is this recent? Uh, do you not know that he's a Scientologist? i mean i guess i mean maybe you're getting censored over there about what (laughs) tom cruise is it's possible yeah yeah (laughs) well you heard it first here on what that old queen there you go now i know matt guy um tell us tell us what you do because uh, we're interested to know that yeah so i i started as an actor and a director and made some content and I wanted to find a place to distribute it online. And I wasn't really satisfied with the options that were available to me as like a small independent filmmaker. And so I created my own streaming service and now we're three and a half years in and we're growing fast. 
And uh, the streaming service is pretty much what I spend uh, full time on. And I still have a few film projects, you know, in progress. But overall, running the streaming service is my full time thing now. So great. And the streaming service is called Fearless. Yes. And it kind of caters towards uh, minority groups uh, in particular, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. We like to say that we're inclusive entertainment. So any story that's not getting represented in the media, we, we really work hard to make sure that it, it gets a voice. One of the elements in particular that has been, uh, been asked of us lately is the intersection of people who are LGBTQ and also religious. So Christian, Catholic, uh, Muslim, anything. So that's an area we're trying to build up a bit of content on because we just believe that these kind of things that there aren't a lot of movies about are super important and people need to be able to see themselves on screen. And when you put, um, you know, I know from my own personal experience, when you put content up on like YouTube or stuff, you can be subject to quite a lot of, you know, the thread that people comment on, on a, on a YouTube video can actually go into some quite nasty areas. And how is yours different? Like how, how would, would you say that you've noticed any space for people to make comments? And that so when we first launched the service, there was an ability to make, to make comments on content. Uh, we removed all comments completely from our app. Uh, it didn't, it didn't add much value. It was mostly people that would either comment that they hated something or that it was disgusting, or it would be people who, Uh, didn't comment anything useful. They'd comment just, you know, maybe one emoji or something. And so we didn't feel it offered a lot of value to our members. So we removed the capability completely. Uh, And since then, it's been, you know, more of a curated service. Do keep in mind, though, that Fearless is more like a Netflix. It's not really like a YouTube. You have to pay a monthly subscription fee to to watch everything on Fearless. So it's more similar to to a Netflix. And and I guess because it is more like Netflix and it caters for a certain type of content. If people are looking for that content, it's a good place to go. Yeah. We're, we're really trying to to Heineck hit, hit all the inclusivity angles. Uh, and part of that inclusivity is that we take content from independent filmmakers. So a lot of times an independent filmmaker will make something and, you know, if they want to get it on a platform like Netflix or Hulu, it's very challenging. You mm. have to jump through hoops. You have to generally have a distributor. And even then they only work with certain distributors, et cetera. And, you know, they may host your content for a short period and then delist it or, you know, only list it in a couple countries. It, it can be really challenging. And we're trying to mitigate that by saying, if you made a film or a series that has a great story, it doesn't matter if you spent a million dollars on it or, you know, a couple thousand. If it's a good story, it's a good story and people should watch it. Yeah, it's really difficult for creatives starting out. I mean, I uh, I made lots of micro-budget feature films in the noughties, mainly queer films. And uh, we were lucky because we had TLA behind us. So we had a distributor. But then a few years later, I made a horror film called Dark Vision. And the whole landscape had completely changed because no one was buying DVDs anymore. Everything was on demand. And it was seen as a new kind of great white hope that you could, as an independent film producer, you could put stuff out there and you're going to make money out of it. But actually, I mean, even our micro-budget film, we still haven't recouped 
<laughs> the money because it's it's on Amazon Prime for and we get like 20 cents a pop or something like that. So how is your platform different from that? Um I wouldn't say it's different from that. Uh the the you know the Amazon Prime of the world is sort of a place where filmmakers can up and for the most part as long as you adhere to Amazon's guidelines on quality and everything it, it gets put up it's as simple as that and then you're kind of responsible for marketing your own work and getting right. people to see it sure. because for the most part they're not recommending all those indie titles to the average user they're recommending you know amazon prime originals or products from the big networks etc because those are the most watched content so our platforms not quite that we don't take everything ours is curated um, so once again, I say, you know, it's more similar to Netflix because, you know, Amazon prime takes, shall we say everything, as long <laughs> as you follow the rules. Uh, whereas Netflix is highly curated and this is kind of somewhere in between where right. we are curated. Uh, but because we are focusing on those inclusive stories and on helping independent content get seen, uh, than, than Netflix, but we're certainly not the Amazon prime where anybody can just add content. It, it doesn't work that way with us. Sure. Can you tell me what your favorite big budget film, LGBTQ plus film is and what your favorite low budget one is? Okay. Yeah. I personally really loved love Simon. I thought it was a great film. I think that it's the kind of film that is mainstream enough that people who are not LGBT can watch it and enjoy it. And be this is, the, is this the Jim Carrey one? No, right. it's a film that came out a couple of years ago, uh, featuring, uh, teenagers who are, um, you know, a, t- a male teenager who is coming out as gay okay. and, uh, in high school. And he's writing, uh, notes to a guy in high school that they're kind of, um, shall we say getting to know each other and wanting to be in a relationship with each other but the other guy is afraid to say that he's gay. So he's in the closet. And so uh, the film is sort of about the, the two uh, discovering each other. And, you know, it's a little bit of a, a cheesy rom-com in some ways, but it features elements like, you know, the, the, the kid coming out to his parents and how the parents react, et cetera. And I think it just has the nice blend of being um, mainstream enough that the average non-LGBT viewer could watch it and enjoy it and not feel too uncomfortable that they didn't really understand it. It has a lot of universal themes that everyone can kind of understand. So I think they did a great job with that. And what about your low budget? There's a film on Fearless called Is It Just... Uh, It's a gay film that uh, was made about 10 years ago. And I'm quite impressed that people are still watching it today. Mm. Uh, It's uh, still quite good. It's, uh, It's a much more campy film. And it features sort of a comedy of errors, mistaken identity type of a plot uh, about, you know, what's better, brains or beauty. So the idea is, you know, two guys are vying after the same guy. One of them is very intelligent and the other one is, shall we say, an Adonis body type that, you know, may be highly desirable to some or to most. They win. Well, you want me to give away the, the ending of the movie? <laughs> Watch it, because that's the end of the movie. That that's what you got to find out. Can you, yeah. okay. Matt well, Kai? Can can you say the name of the movie again? Because you you completely cut out when you said the name. Oh sure, absolutely. It's called "Is It Just Me." Is it just me? Okay. 
Great. Yeah, so and that, it's available on Fearless. It's a 10 year old movie. So it's kind of cool that people are still liking it and checking it out. Great. Um, so uh, f- where can people get Fearless? Because it's available in the UK now as, as well, isn't it? It's not just America and it Canada. As of, as of April 1st. So very new in the UK. Amazing. Uh, we started with US and Canada, which is where we've been up until now. And then on April 1st, we added uh, the UK and Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa into the mix. So as of right now, you can download it on iOS and Android. Uh, you can just search Fearless Movies and it comes right up. It's a green Thunderbolt icon. And, uh, and we're, we're going to be launching on more platforms very soon. So we're going to have a web version and uh, versions for your Apple TV and Roku and that sort of thing uh, coming in the, in the near future. Great. Uh, Matt Kai, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we're going to take a short break now. Uh, but yeah, check out Fearless and all the content on there. And we'll be back after this. So Bernie just needs to play his theme tune now. So we're back and uh, thank you to Matt Kai, Burmaster. And uh, I'm going to check out uh, a, a bit more of Fearless because there seems to be some some interesting content on there. Uh, and yeah, I think it would be interesting yeah. to see what comes mm. out of this period, you know, where um, everyone's in lockdown. You know, are there, are there going to be lots of films based on Zoom conversations? But there's so there's also so much creativity that people are really stepping out from their kind of comfort zones and trying different things. I've yeah. just been doing so much like poetry and drawings and different things like that. Like it's just really been quite liberating in that way. Yeah, because you've fin- we finally got the time to do this stuff, mm. and um, yeah, no, it it's great, and it, it's great that so many live performers are doing stuff filming stuff and doing it online i mean i know it's a different feel of what you're used to doing but it it, it's interesting what people are doing and and it's quite innovative have you seen that i've been doing some rude portraits on instagram yes i liked your rude portraits on instagram are you doing a life drawing class i am on a monday yeah um but they don't take their clothes off oh (laughs) that's a shame you should do the one with john east I think he takes his clothes off. Yeah. When does he do that? I, I, I don't know. You don't, you'll have to ask him. I'm mm. sure he'll let you know. Anyway, should we do some... I'm just basically contacting ex-lovers and saying, can, I, can you send me a picture of you and I'll draw you? <laughs> my gallery of lovers. <clears throat> nice. Um, I, don't think I, could, I don't think I talk to most of my ex-lovers, so I, I'm not sure I could do that. They'd probably tell me to uh, F off, so... <laughs> Well, some of them still current. <laughs> okay, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, they're my ex-lovers at the moment because we're... You're not loving. No, because we're socially distancing lovers. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we come out of this lockdown situation and what steps will know the... Bl- I mean, the listeners will know the blueprint by now, but I'm still worried about living in a socially distant world for the foreseeable future because it will still be socially distant even though lockdown will be eased, won't it? Well, I'm going to a intimacy workshop later tonight. Oh, yeah. About intimacy online. Well, the, I was thinking about this today because 
the whole thing about social distancing and lockdown is quite alien to us as a species because I think we're quite an intimate species, aren't we? We like, I mean, we like sex. Uh, We Mm. also like proximity and touch. And this whole thing uh, about only contacting people online or via video chat or over the phone and not being in the same space as them. Um, Has anything like this happened to the animal kingdom? Not, (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I just imagine all these ducks on Zoom. (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to see a a penguin chat on Zoom. Mm, I love (laughs) a penguin anyway. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love a penguin? <laughs> anyway uh on that note shall we do some go on then okay seeing as you are so nicely okay <laughs> right so we've got a couple of longish ones and some short ones right. so dear old queens why can't I kick this man out of my thoughts? So throughout quarantine, I've been missing a close potential lover like hell. And it was, uh, it was to the point where I'd immediately wake up and start thinking about him. I've tried to fall back and distance myself from texting him every day, but it doesn't do anything but make it worse. I had a talk earlier with him about where we stand, whether we're just fuck buddies or it's potential long-term relationship and he doesn't know or if there's an equilibrium so i look i look at this as a sign that maybe it's best if we don't be friends at all i have strong feelings for him and from what he's told me he does too but is afraid of taking the jump to start a relationship with me i think i'm better off moving on what do you guys think I would say it's quite hard to move on at the moment in the current situation that we're in because what does moving on look like doesn't really, you can't move. We're still in the same place. Um, I do find, like, I get absolutely fixated with different people and Mm. then I can just wake up miraculously and they've just dissolved from my head. Like, they're just no longer important to me. I don't know if I'm unusual in that, but... I can get completely like, can I get like, I can be like, can I just get away with like messaging them again? Or is it just like awful? Yes. I, I, and I took myself into a reason like, yeah, I think it's fine to message them again. I will. And it's just, and I just become probably a bit too much, but then I become completely unbothered by them in the face of the day. So right. I would just like, I would I would say to this person, don't make any rash decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's only human to just be obsessed with someone for a bit, especially if you fancy them. And I think we're at, because of lockdown, you're not going to get to know that person that well, are you? To know yeah. whether something's going to you know flourish into a relationship or more of a friendship or friends with benefits situation. What I didn't understand was whether he was saying uh, he's asked him and he doesn't know. What does he, this partner, he doesn't know what, like, he doesn't know what he thinks or, yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think he's asked him 
And he doesn't know if he just wants to be friends or not, or whether he wants to commit to a relationship. But I think that's fine at this point, isn't it? I don't mm-hmm. think you can. I, I don't think you can say either way at the moment. If uh, in the situation that we're in, because there's no way of getting to know someone that intimately. So I would say hold out, but maybe don't put all your eggs in one basket. No. I think it's yeah. such a it's such a weird time because I think everything is magnified in this time as well, isn't it? Because we're spending a lot of time on our own and not with different sorts of people. So the smallest little thing can be magnified into a massive issue, whereas mm. ordinarily it wouldn't because we'd have so many other stimulus in our life uh, mm. that it wouldn't matter that much. Mm. Yes, and I think that he could probably get into a situation where he is just thinking about him and texting him all the time because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So I would say it's a weird time. I don't think you can trust your feelings at this point. So, But if you really like this guy, then keep keep your options open and keep that connection going. Shall we move on to the next one? Yes. Okay. Dear old queens, how do you try in inverted commas, and open a relationship. Lately, I've been feeling like my boyfriend and I of the past five years should open our relationship. The issue is I'm a jealous type. I don't want to think about my boyfriend with anyone else. Although it's coming up more because of him, I would also like to try. How do I get over the jealousy and how do we make it work? I know everyone's different, but some advice on this would be really great. Smiley face. So the issue is, like, he's a three-way, but he's too jealous of the other one. I think that, well, they're in, a, they're in a relationship with each other, and they both would like to open it up. Mm. But one of them feels like he's going to get jealous. The writer of the letter. Sorry? The writer of the letter is going to get jealous. Yeah. I think je- jealousy comes into any kind of open relationship, doesn't it? And it's how you deal with that. Mm especially if you've been in monogamous beforehand. Mm. I think communication is, is key and you need to feel strong in your relationship if you're going to open it up to other people. Yeah, I would say I don't feel that qualified to answer this question because I've actually never been in that situation. I've been in th- three-way relationships, but I've always been the person that comes in rather than mm. the, person that's, the person that's opened up to rather than the person that's opening it up yeah how uh um did did you think either of those in the partnerships that you were in a three-way relationship with did you think they got jealous in any kind of way no i didn't i didn't get sent i didn't didn't get a sense of that Mm. i got a sense that there was that maybe someone was wanting it a bit more than the other person Mm. but it was there wasn't really a you know, it, it actually would be interesting to know the person's age because I think that I think that jealousy does fade with age. I don't know if you agree with this. Yeah. I think I remember feeling very jealous when I was younger and it's not really, a, it's not really an emotion that flashes through me these days or I, envy. I'm less of that kind of person. I think if I really, really like someone or love them i think there is there's a potential for me to be jealous there mm. but i think a way of opening it up is you know maybe have a threesome first uh and then you know t- try i just think 
you have to there's loads of books on this subject that you can read with with people that are in open relationships and things like that and i think i just think communication is key as long as that relationship is strong and you're telling each other that you you love them and you put some ground rules in then i think you're going to cover yourself for that for that jealousy there's lots of polyamory um content Mm. around um but this is slightly different isn't it because they still want to be a unit the two yeah but they want to have sex with other people which i know loads of um gay couples and and straight couples that do that and they seem to navigate it quite well what about just having what about being able to have sex with who you want as long as you don't tell the other person well that i mean that could be an issue whereas i I think i'd want to know i don't know I i guess it's down to the individual I mean, some some couples it kind of spices up their sex life because they one of them goes off and has sex with somebody else, and they come back and tell what the partner what they've done, and that instigates their sex. My friend is like that, and he really likes you know he likes he likes to hear about the other one having sex. Yeah. So yeah, that's I think there's there's lots of ways you can navigate this, and maybe yeah, looking at some of that polyamorous content out there and how to be polyamorous, and just finding out a route which is best for you but i think communication and being strong in that the alpha relationship let's call it is the key to that i think uh, again not that i've ever really been in one of those relationships myself but i've read a lot of uh, books about it anyway i've got a couple uh of more questions for us mm. dear old queens would you consider cosmetic procedures to minimize the aging process? I have a few friends that have had Botox done and I'm fine with aging. There is something sexy about a man with wrinkles. I'm more concerned with remaining healthy, but I'd be interested to get your take on it. So what do you think? Didn't you do a performance piece about Botox? Yeah, and I have Botox. I have it, um, I have it in my forehead, um, right. which... I mean, you can't really see it on Zoom, but um, I, I just have a very deep line in between my eyebrows. Um, and it's not really like, like a necessarily an aging thing. It's more just like that I look angry and cross all the time. So I do have, yeah, Botox. Not at the moment. But, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I would say, like, I would say just, just do it really, like, gradually. Like, don't, um, and you don't have to, like... No, I think there's, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure in the gay world to look pretty and young. And, but equally, I think guys look great when they get older as well. Especially if, you know, if you're keeping yourself fit and healthy, I think older guys look amazing. So, but there, but there is this pressure to look, to stay young and be young. And, and it's also fed through from mainstream media and even kind of straight media, isn't it? that everyone needs to be young and beautiful but there's a lot i think it's i think it comes it comes from different places like but, but there's also a lot of negative responses to people saying oh yeah i do have a bit of botox or mm. whatever it is you know like i think that can be viewed quite harshly i, d- I don't view it harshly I, I wouldn't rule out having um cosmetic surgery done i mean i'm in my 50s now I don't think I would have had it done before now, but I think it's up to the individual. I don't think you should feel pressured into having it, but if you think you want some cosmetic surgery done to make yourself feel better, then do it. 
you know, if you want to do exercise to make yourself feel better, then do it. You want to lose weight, do it. But if you're happy with the way that you are, don't worry about it. You know, I think beauty comes from within anyway. So, and actually, you know, whenever whenever I've gone through long periods of not having Botox and long period and long periods of sustaining it, and, and those lines get really deep and like pronounced on my head, and I'm the only person that has noticed it or comments or thinks about it. Like nobody else gives a shit. Yeah. About like how many lines and how deep they are on my head. It's only me that cares about that stuff about me. So, like don't worry what anyone else thinks yeah yeah i think you do whatever you need to do to make you feel good about yourself because that's the main thing um this is another kind of almost an image thing almost an image question so dear old queens i need some manscaping advice so i've been seeing a lot of manscaped ads and they're making me realize how little i know about beard slash manscape care I grew up with a single mum who never really bothered teaching me how to care for my beard and body hair. I don't think that's single mum. No, my parents never told me how to do this kind of nonsense. I always bought the jankiest and cheapest tools to do the job. I now finally can afford to put some money towards something well-designed and efficient. It's also worth noting that I'm one hairy Persian man. LOL. What's your advice? So I don't know what manscaping is. <laughs> I, it's um well you're pretty hairless aren't you well i have a, a full beard you know i can grow a full beard if needed yes yeah, so manscaping is um like trimming your body hair or your beard so uh, and i think that i think a lot of people get hung up on this because they see a lot of porn where you know guys have really clippered down their pubic hair and maybe their um kind of chest hair and, and stuff and even mm. shave their balls. Mm. And so I think a lot of a lot of younger kids are really hung up on shaved balls, manscaped. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, I'm a big hairy bear, so I love a bit of hair everywhere. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, just don't, I don't think I like the phrase manscaping. It no. It just feels very like, like, you know, when you get this, like you get a moisturizer and especially like geared towards a man. Like, yeah. And it's called like... It's called something like metal or yeah. like steel or something like that. I mean, you think, oh, just, yeah, it's just like, it's just trimming your balls or whatever. Um, yeah. like, like do it if you want to and don't if you don't. I I like to keep it sort of relatively tidy, but I'm not obsessed about that mm. really at all. Um, and that it can go quite unruly, especially in these times. Manscaping just reminds me of the nineties. I used, I mean, I used to shave my chest and stomach, and um, you know, or clipper them down to almost nothing, and you know, shave my balls and things like that back in the nineties. Because that, no, no one was hairy look, back then. It was you. It, it was, doesn't look quite a nineties look. Yeah. Whereas now, I think hair is in. So I think you need to care about it less. I do. I do like to tidy my beard up because otherwise, I look like some wild man of the woods. What's, your, what's happening with your head hat today? What, because I've got this hat on? It's just, yeah. It just looks awful. It's all over the place. It's just so... It looks, it looks quite like you've dyed it. It's quite gingery, is it? I think it's just the... Uh, no, I haven't dyed it. It's just the... Uh, I've been out in the sun, so it, it goes a bit copper. 
in the oh, sun. Okay. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I might buzz it off. I'm getting to the point where it's so unruly. I mean, I quite, I quite like it neat, but yeah, it's not happening at the moment. What, what's happening outside? It's, it's someone having a fight. No, I think they're just being vocal. Your noisy neighbours. Is this something for your Annette Curtain show? Well, it probably is material, yeah. <laughs> the, the frustrating thing is they talk nice and loudly. Um, very, you know, I can hear every word, yeah. but they're speaking Spanish, so I don't know what they're on about. Um, no hablo español. <laughs> ask for a translator to move in. <laughs> I know a little bit of Spanish. I'm, I'm in my fourth year of Duolingo. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not very good. Uh, Spanish people talk too fast. <laughs> I have to put it on slow so I can understand what they're talking about. Anyway, manscaping. Have you ever been bejazzled? No, never been bejazzled. Um, no, me neither. I mean, I think I, I had them. Uh, I once had my um, crack whack, and that was the worst and painful, most painful experience I've probably had. Back sack and crack. Well, I don't have a hairy back, and I did have my sack and, and my crack, yeah. So, <laughs> back and crack. I've I've never had it waxed, but I've had... Uh, I used to shave my crack. And then, when it was growing back, I mean, even with the balls as well, it's awful. Mm. I, ha- I hated that experience. It's quite painful when it's short. And then, just itchy and... Uh, yeah no uh i prefer to be au naturel but it suits you <laughs> thanks <laughs> i'll be showing you my crack later maybe you could sketch it um <laughs> on, on zoom <laughs> <laughs> women women i think women uh are more into waxing aren't they a lot of my female friends definitely you know have a brazilian or a bajazzle or something like that down there yeah i don't know I mean, I don't know about bejazzling, but yeah, I know that I know a lot of female friends wax. Mm. I actually have never met anyone that has been bejazzled. I don't think I have. Maybe we should just get a joint bejazzle one day. I mean, that's the first thing I'm going to do when lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's top of my list. <laughs> okay well on that note maybe it's time for us to end the show (laughs) thank you again tommy for being with us thank you to matt kai for being with us earlier on thank you for listening you can buy a t-shirt from our uh, t-shirt store or other goodies on there or you can join our patreon if you'd like to contribute to that and keep us going I mean, who knows how we'll be doing this next week because we might be able to be in a similar space. So let, let's watch this space and we might mm. even be uh, able to do a socially distant record. But uh, mm. I feel like it might be a few weeks before we can do that. Yeah, I feel like that too. But, you know, we can hope. I'm I'm definitely missing snack out of it. Mm, I'm starving. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get some snacks. I am, I'm going to get some snacks sent round to you by a carrier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
My oven's broken. I know. You said your oven's broken. Making so much bread that it's just gone. I'm it's sorry. gone. Fuck that yeah. shit. Yeah, but now the electrician says I will come around tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. Mm. I had a delicious plumber round to my place last week. I mean, it, as much as I could do to be two meters away from him. So <laughs> while he's sorting yeah, out my plumbing. I've had I've had four visits from an electrician in the last two days. Wow. And you, mm. you've kept your hands off him? Yeah, he wore a mask. Well, there's two different ones. They wore masks, and I, and I, and I stood away from them. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, with, with most sex meets, I request a mask anyway. Well, yes. I mean, so do I. Be- before and lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway before the the workman's guild Magical gloves. <laughs> yeah gloved up and loved up um <laughs> okay right well we come to the end of our show tommy before we get into trouble any more trouble than we've already got into in this episode uh we've got the scientologists <laughs> Scientologists are coming down on us. The TUC will be coming down on us. I mean, who else is going to go down on us? It's lucky we've only got 18 listeners. I know. (laughs) Actually, I think it's 16 now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you again. Um, Say goodbye, Tommy. Goodbye, Tommy. Yes! Goodbye. We will see you next time on What That Old Queen. You have been listening to What That Old Queen, written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges in lockdown 2020 for Hodge Podcasting. If you'd like to sponsor a show or you'd just like to be a guest or you have a question for the old queens, you can email on hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.